anxiety is not going to heal you. But what it is going to do, I think, is to allow you the attempt to express, because I think that's the key. The attempt to distill, like a life experience in a sentence or five sentences, it causes you to sort of have a different connection to that experience. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us, Peter. Your new book, Still No Word From You, Notes in the Margin. And Peter, this is a very unusual book. How do you describe this book to somebody that uh, maybe is coming across it for the first time? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, 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 you know, I like to, I like, I love books that are uncategorizable myself. So, um, you know, I like a book where I have to read it to figure out what it is. And and so I sort of wrote a book in that spirit. But I would say that this book is sort of a, a memoir through the reading that I've done. So, you know, I'll read um, books that I love or books that I'm just coming across, and then they'll somehow, as you all know how this happens, and sometimes you, you know, you read something and your mind drifts off the page and you remember something that you would not have remembered but for having read that. That's what this book is all about. Yeah, your, your book is incredibly idiosyncratic, and by that, like, not, not everybody might understand exactly where it's going, but for myself, I have ADHD, and I kind of resonated with it because you are bouncing between different stories. You start one tangent, another picks up, and it really seems to mimic the, the pace of life and just thinking throughout a given day. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's kind of how it, that's exactly sort of how it was, um, like, executed, is, the, is that you know, every morning I'd be sort of sit down to work on the book that I, I'm still writing, <laughs> and then my, you know, my I, my pen would stray, and I would take some notes on um, on books that I was reading and that were on my mind, and that and sort of every morning they just kind of built up that way. So um, one book would start kind of talking to another, and again, sort of talking to um, my own memories, and so they it just kind of um, it just kind of kind of built itself that way. It was a strange process. Yeah, so it sounds like it was a natural process. Was it uncomfortable for you? Did you did you know where the story was going? Um, uh, it's a great question. I, I uh, you know, I think uh, for me, memoir is an uncomfortable genre in a way. You know, I, I'd rather talk about other people's work than my own life, and so I think that it's just gener- it's, it's a little bit hard for me to get on the page my own stories. And what I found though is that. You know that that I started to not be able to help myself. That I that I did have something to say, something to add about things that had happened to me that I wanted to, you know, get out into the world for you know just just because I thought they were important to tell. Um, but it's not always easy for me. You know, I'm sure your listeners know writing is, you know, sometimes a torturous process, but it's also um, joyful too to to be able to just try and say something. And I think that's the big thing is. It's all about trying to say something. It's not necessarily that you succeed. And this is kind of driftless writing. You were going in all sorts of different tangents in your mind. Did you ever come across a subject that you were hesitant on putting on the page, something you weren't expecting was actually coming up in this story? Sure. I mean, you know, uh, painful um, painful memories of, you know, particularly my relationship with my father. Um, I had, there were some pretty rough moments that I, that I, you know, was reliving and sort of, trying to account for, you know, just again, just to get on the page. I love my dad, but, um, you know, we had our moments. And um, so, you know, a thread throughout the book is sort of, you know, a, a difficult and complex relationship with my dad, for sure. 
Peter Ordner, author of Still No Word From You, Notes in the Margin. Peter, where did you get that title from, Still No yeah. Word From You? Uh, the title comes from um, a lot of family stories in this book, and, and the title comes from my grandfather, who was a naval captain in World War II in the South Pacific. And while he was away, um, he wrote a letter a day, every day, to my grandmother back home in Chicago, who was raising um, you know, her two kids and also was a professional dancer. So she was quite busy. And my grandfather wrote her a letter every day, and a lot of times in the letters he pleads with her to write back to him that he's not that she's not writing back and in one line in in one of the letters that really struck me is he said you know it's been uh, you know it's been a month and still no word from you and i uh that just resonated with me and i i i was trying to imagine what it would be like to be out there you know um all alone you know fighting this war and without your family and 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 not getting any word from back home um, I found the letters in my grandmother's closet after she died. So obviously they meant a lot to her. But I think at the time, um, you know, she wasn't able to give him what he wanted, which was a response. Well, that story really illustrates what seems to be the soul connecting this book is how stories connect us to things and what we're trying to get out of life through reading. Uh, where Where is reading in life for you? How do the two compare? You know, they're... they're um, completely intertwined and i think that one of the things that you know this is my this is my seventh book now so i've been doing this a while and I, one of the things that i've just always never been able to shake is this idea that the reading that i do isn't like a break from my life it is my life and and the, the you know other people's stories and the, the stories that i sort of uh, live in my own imagination are forward momentum life you know, they're not a, like a timeout from life. And I, you know, for me, they're just, you know, I, I, I love to take walks and I love to hike in the woods. I live in Vermont. And, you know, although I'm from the Midwest, I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin, um, which I love. And, uh, but, you know, for me, the hike I take in the woods and the reading that I do in my studio are, or, are of a piece. You know, that's, that's living. There was one one sentence. It was a very quick sentence, Peter. Really early on in your book, page twenty nine. It isn't true that we write stuff out of us. What does that mean? I think you know, and I think you can probably. I'm, I'm sure that your listeners can relate to this. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by the family stories that we tell and tell and tell and tell. Right, and the reason we tell them is not necessarily, isn't because we don't know the story, right? We tell them again and again because there's a certain need we have to hear that story again, a certain joy, maybe a certain pain that we want to go over again. And so when I say that I can't write it out of me, it's that, it's that even if I, 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 I've tried that. Some, some of these stories in this book I have told before, but they won't go away. And so I'm trying to get them, get at them in a different angle. And I'm just fascinated by the fact that you know that that there's a, that many of the stories we tell, we don't tell them because we're conveying, you know, an ending or information. We're telling them because of because of the stories themselves and the need to to go over that experience again. But there are some stories. Then I would take it like deep personal stories that no matter how many times that you tell them, you can't get them out of your mind. And I suppose that that says something about you. Then yeah, I mean, I think I mean, you know, maybe it's because. 
to tell a story isn't the end of it. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the process of telling it that we're after. And, and the story doesn't provide an answer necessarily. It often, I think, the best stories raise questions. So there's a reason why we keep telling them is because they're not, it's not over. We, it, and maybe the next time we tell it, we're going to figure it out. Or the next time after that, you know, and, and I think that there's just this sort of, you know, kind of lifeblood that comes from retelling stories that I think is just so important to how we, you know, to our, to how we live. I could see that as being a tonic to life because there is a, a terminability in life. There is an eventual conclusion, but with stories, you're constantly trying to figure out where it begins, where it ends. You mentioned that you are drawn to the moments before a story becomes a story. So there's a lot of mystery and intrigue in stories that seems to give life an extra layer of protection almost. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a wonderful way of putting it, you know, and, and it's sort of, you know, I, I think the stories that we tell are, 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 are very much who we are. You know, and I think that, that that's a really, um, I think it's a very profound part of, of, of how we move forward in our life to recount the past. You know, there's that old, old saying, you know, stories, you know, sad stories are good to tell. I'm, I'm getting the quote wrong. Um, but I, I, I think that there's a lot, something to the, again, the process of this that, that is essential, really. Still no word from you. Notes in the margin, speaking with Peter Orner, the writer. Peter, you had another section that caught my eye. Later on in the book, uh, a passage, our notion of being intact in the stillness is ultimately an illusion, a nothingness we cling to. What What do you take out of that? <laughs> it's a dark, a dark line in, in isolation. But, I, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm always struck by the fact that, you know, we're, our time here is, is limited. And, you know, and I, I think for me, you know, I'm not still enough. I don't, I don't spend enough time being contemplative and, and calm. And when I pick out, you know, a book, a favorite book, that's when I can get to that place. And I know it's only temporary, though, but I think it's just so um, critical to... Um, you know, to, to, to who I am, to be able to have that sense of calmness when I'm reading. Could life exist without stories, Peter? No. I mean, I think it's a, literally, you know, I think it what makes us who we are, and, and wherever we are, and whatever circumstance we are in, there's going to be stories. People in the subway in, 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 in Kiev, in the Ukraine, are, you know, while they're waiting for those um, planes to clear out, are telling each other stories. Right. And so I just feel like, um, you know, we may not think that they're the most important thing and maybe they're not, but they're up there. Peter, I had a conversation with somebody earlier today and they were going through a difficult stage in their life and they found that being able to write their story and the physical act of writing was very therapeutic for them. How do you recommend that people write their own story or find solace in writing if they've never actually picked up a pen before? I, I, I've always been a little bit wary of the idea of writing as therapy, but as I've gotten older and I had a couple of kids, I, I realized that there's something to that. If not, writing's not going to heal you, but what it is going to do, I think, is to allow you the attempt to express, because I think that's the key. It's like you're not going to get it right. You're not going to articulate everything to the letter, but just the, the attempt to distill 
like a life experience in a sentence or five sentences, it causes you to sort of have a different connection to that experience. And, and I think that you know, it works every time. And people who haven't picked up a pen, they may not have picked up a pen, but they've been telling stories their whole life. And to me, they're, they're interchangeable. Telling and writing, same thing. And, and you just said like a, a sentence to five sentences. It's not like somebody needs to write a paragraph or an entire memoir to get their story across. No, 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 not in the least. I think, I mean, for me, the, the greatest writers of all are the poets, and they don't need many pages. They need a few lines to, um, as Kafka said, you know, chip away at the. Mm. Said something along the lines of the frozen ice. You're, you're chipping away at the frozen ice of emotion. And I think that poets do that the best. Well, Peter, this is a book not of answers, but of questions. And maybe that's the perfect kind of book for uh, for times like these. Still no word from you. Notes in the margin. Peter, where can people find out more about you and the book? Um, sure. Uh, my, my, I have a website. It's com, And the book is uh, should be available at any bookstore near you or certainly at any online retailer. Um, you can also find me um, online at Dartmouth College, where I teach. Any final words, Peter? I uh, really appreciate um, speaking in Wisconsin, you know, because I'm a Midwesterner and uh, spent a lot of time up near Lake Superior in Wisconsin. And uh, I love the state, and I wish you all well. Well, next time you come by, we'll have some hot cheese curds waiting for you. <laughs> Sweet. That's awesome. All Thank right. You. Thank you, Peter. Peter Ordner, author of the new memoir, Still No Word From You, Notes in the Margin. This interview was originally recorded October 11th of 2022.